Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message today, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Well, I want you, if you have your Bibles, to return with me one final time to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24, we'll read verses 1 through 3, the first part of verse 3, and then pick up with verse 14 and read through verse 25. Steve Harvey, y'all know Steve Harvey, is one of the most popular comedians in America today. Um, I'm told he has an afternoon talk show that lasts about an hour, and I'm also told that in the last three minutes of his hour-long show, when when they come back from a commercial, he says... We have time for just one more thing. And Joshua in chapters 23 and 24 has time for one more thing. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The people then answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and who performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. Throughout history, When you have great leaders who uh, rise to certain occasions, when you come to the time that they fall off the scene, you normally have them give farewell addresses. It happens a lot. Almost every president that the United States has had, right before he 
went off of his term, he gave a farewell address. George Washington gave a farewell address to his troops at the end of the Revolutionary War. He gave a farewell address to the nation when his second term as the United States president ended. General Douglas MacArthur stood up before Congress and gave a farewell address when he was relieved of his duty as the commander in general of the armed forces of the United States. And so it's customary that there are farewell addresses. In, in January of 1961, President Dwight David Eisenhower offered a final address to the nation as he was leaving office. And among the things that President Eisenhower said during his farewell address, he said this, I quote, In this, my last good night to you as president, I thank you for the many opportunities you have given me for public service in war and peace. I trust that in that service you find some things worthy. As for the rest of it, I know you will find ways to improve performance in the future. You and I, my fellow citizens, need to be strong in our faith that all nations under God will reach the goal of peace with justice. May we be ever unswerving in devotion to principle, confident but humble in power, diligent in pursuit of the nation's great goals. He went on to say, to all the peoples of the world, I once more give expression to America's prayerful and continuing aspiration. We pray that peoples of all faiths, all races, all nations may have their great human needs satisfied that those now denied opportunity shall come to enjoy it to the full, and that all who yearn for freedom may experience its spiritual blessings, that those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibilities, that all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity, that the scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made to disappear from the earth, And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. Now, on Friday noon, I am to become a private citizen. I'm proud to do so. I look forward to it. Thank you and good night, President Dwight David Eisenhower. Moses, the predecessor to Joshua, gave a farewell address. In fact, it was a series of farewell addresses. If you ever study the book of Deuteronomy, the entire book consists of four messages that Moses gave to the children of Israel right before he died and right before he turned over the reins of command to Joshua. And those four addresses... In those four addresses, Moses basically said two things. He said, first of all, be careful not to forget the Lord your God, that it was he who brought you out of the land of Israel, to the land of Egypt. And secondly, he said, be sure that you you keep your eyes focused on the law that God gave you, that you'll follow him and not forsake him. Moses was afraid that the people were going to forget the Lord. Jesus, before he left, he gave farewell address. In most of the Gospels, we call them the Olivet Discourse. And in those uh, messages, Jesus talked about the signs of the end of his earthly life, as well as the signs of the end of all history. 
And then, of course, the gospel writers describe Jesus making seven statements on the cross. He may have made more, but they recorded seven of them. And they, along with the Olivet Discourse, make up the farewell address of Jesus. Quite often, the very last thing people say are among the most important things that people remember about them. And here in chapters 23 and 24, the concluding chapters of the book of Joshua, we find Joshua offering a farewell address to the Israelites. Joshua, by this time, is an old man. His job is almost done. But he also knew that the job of the Israelites was not finished. There was much more to do. And so he shares with them this farewell address, just like his predecessor, Moses, did. And what Joshua says to the people of Israel also has application to us today. And so I want us to hear the final words of this great man. There are really four important things among the things that he says that you and I need to remember. First of all, he talked about what God had done in the past. And basically, he summed it up in this way. God has been faithful in the past. In verse number two, he said to the people, he says, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, they lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshipped other gods. But I, God says, I took Your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates, and I led him throughout Canaan, and I gave him many descendants. God had been faithful. And you know, no matter what struggles they had had, they spent 430 years in Egyptian slavery. They spent 40 years wandering in the Arabian desert. They spent several decades uh, winning the land of Canaan. And even then, they, did, they weren't able to, to wipe out all of the inhabitants of that land. But through all of their struggles, one thing was constant, and that is that God was always faithful. Throughout this congregation here, if we were to take time for the various testimonies of, of people and what you've experienced in your life, there would be times when you'd talk about the struggles you faced. There would be times when you talked about working through the crises in your life. There would be times when you thought that all hope was lost. And yet as you look back, as you look back on those past experiences, one thing certainly that I can say, and I think you can say as well, is that God has always been faithful. Things have not always turned out like we wanted. But one thing is for certain, God has always been faithful. Joshua wanted his people, and he wants us to remember that. Second, he talked about not only what God was in uh, in the past, but he talked about what we tend to do with the past. And what we tend to do with the past is we tend to hold on to the past. If you look at verses 14 and 23, in verse 14, Joshua said this. He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Now listen to this. The last part of verse 14, and throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now he repeats this again in verse 23. He says, now then, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Did you hear that? Did you hear what, what Joshua was saying there? Now keep in mind, 
Again, 430 years in, in Egypt, 40 years in the desert, several decades in conquering uh, the land of Canaan. So you're talking about uh, at least 500 years, even more. And yet, some of the false gods, some of the, the, the pagan gods that their forefathers had worshipped many centuries earlier, these people still had possession of them. After all that God had done in parting the Red Sea and, and all the plagues upon Egypt and giving them manna in the, the desert when there was nothing there, bringing, back, bringing up water from a rock, coming down and writing the Ten Commandments with the very hand of God in stone, all of these things God did, and in spite of all that they had witnessed God doing up in their attics, and in their hope chests, and in their broom closets, and if they had basements, they had boxes that were marked, do not throw away, and in those boxes there were these pagan images of false gods. Don't throw those away. What's in there? Well, don't throw them away. Well, what's in there? Well, it's just some things that grandpa handed down, and his grandpa handed down to him, and his grandmother handed down to him. Well, what are they? I'm not sure. Well, why don't we need to throw them away? Because we might need them sometime. Well, when was the last time we used them? Well, I don't know, but we might need them. As soon as we throw them away, we're going to need them. And Joshua says, you need to stop holding on to the past, the past that holds you down. Let go of it. Throw it away. Now, he's not saying that we need to forget everything in the past. He would not say, forget Moses. He wouldn't say, forget the God who brought you out of Egypt. He wouldn't say, forget the law that the Lord, our God, gave us. There are certain things that are worth holding on to. But there were things that these people were holding on to centuries, centuries later that they needed to release. God has been faithful in the past. We tend to hold on to our past. And then the third thing that we find in this farewell address, Joshua talks about what God is challenging them to do now and what, he, what he's challenging us to do now. And what God is, is, is motivating us to do is simply this. He wants us to choose him, to follow him, and to serve him. Verse 15, which by the way is the most popular verse, the most memorable verse in the book of Joshua. Anybody who ever knows any verse in Joshua, it's going to be Joshua 24, 15. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day. Make a choice. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But then Joshua, like any great leader, presented an example to them. He, he posed himself as an example. He says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, I'm taking a stand, and it is a place where I can do nothing but stand. I'm serving the Lord. I'm throwing away the gods of our forefathers. I'm throwing away the gods of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. And I am standing on the rock of the Lord, the God of Israel. He makes a choice. I'm thankful that we serve a God who, who gives us the freedom to choose Him. He doesn't 
coerce us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't torture us. He simply lays out the good news that uh, God has given Jesus Christ for us. If we believe in him, we have eternal life. If we reject him, we go without hope into a future that is separated from God. But God gives us the choice of what to do with himself, with his son, with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our choice. You and I every day have a choice of what we're going to do with our lives. We get up in the morning, and whether we realize it or not, we choose whether to live in a way that reflects Jesus, whether to speak in a way that reflects Jesus, whether to post on social media things that reflect Jesus. And at the end of a day, we all have to live with the choices we have made, the things we've said, the things we've done, and the things we've posted. God is challenging us to choose Him. But it's more than just choosing Him for salvation. In many churches like ours, Baptist churches, we, we focus a lot on, well, there was a time when I, and I can take you, I, I can tell you the time, I can take you to the place, I can, I can, I can show you, I can describe for you exactly how the Lord came into my life. And, and that really is my testimony. I, I could take you to the little church, the, the pew, the front pew where I knelt and asked Jesus to save me. But if I can only stop there and not talk about what God has done since that day, then what good am I? You see, it's more than just getting our ticket to heaven. It is how we live from the time that we receive Christ until the time that we die. What is in that time that looks like Jesus? Will you join me in a commitment? Because I think this ought to be our commitment. Every morning and every every morning we ought to get up and say, Lord, today... Everything I do and everything I say, I am going to do everything I can to make that look like Jesus. And in the evening, I want to be able to kneel before I go to bed and say, Lord, this day, I've done everything in my power to make everything I said and everything I did look like Jesus. You know, what, you know what one of the biggest problems with our world is? We have too many Christians who are not looking like Jesus. Joshua says, choose the Lord, follow him and serve him. But then finally, and this is really important, because he talks about what it takes to prove our commitment. It's more than just saying, yes, I will. It's more than just saying, Lord, Yes, I receive you, or yes, I'm going to live for you. But we must back up our talk with walk. The people very quickly said to Joshua, in response to Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, yes, we will serve the Lord. But notice what he says in verse 19, you're not able to serve the Lord. How about that, Mr. Pessimistic Joshua? You're not going to do it. Because God is holy. He's jealous. He'll not forgive your rebellion and your sins if you forsake him. And then in verse 20, 21, the people come back and says, no, we really will serve the Lord. And then in verse 23, Joshua says, well, you're going to have to back up your talk with your walk. Verse 23, he says, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield. That means submit, give in, 
give your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And in verse 24, they said, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. And in verse 25, on that day, Joshua made a covenant with them. You know what that means? He said, all right, put it in writing. Do you love the Lord? Do you want to serve the Lord? Do you want your life and your speech to reflect Jesus Christ every single day? Put it in writing. What are you talking about, Jimmy? I mean, let's be serious. Let's be serious about walking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, loving like Jesus, forgiving like Jesus, being gracious like Jesus. My favorite sport is baseball, next to ping pong. Ping pong should be America's pastime, but I can't get anybody to listen to me. I feel like I'm preaching it every Sunday at 11.30 to 12 when I'm trying to promote ping pong. Nobody's listening to me. I love ping pong. It's an aerobic sport to me. It really is. But uh, I played Mr. Man this week. I really enjoyed that very much. But baseball is my favorite sport, really. And there have been some great moments in baseball. One of the greatest moments in baseball occurred on July the 4th, 1939. It was Yankee Stadium. A young man named Lou Gehrig, who was a star. He was the first baseman for the Yankees from 1923 to 1939. He played in what was then a record of 2,330 straight baseball games without missing a game. He had a lifetime batting average of 340. That is good. Chipper Jones, after 20 years, had a lifetime batting average of 300. Lou Gehrig, 340. That's a hitter. He won the Triple Crown in 1934. But during the 1938 and 39 season, people noticed that Lou Gehrig started getting slower. There were times when he would trip. There were times when people would throw a ball to him at first base and he would either miss a ball or drop a ball that he never would have missed in years past. He realized it too. And so on July the 4th, 1939, he stood up at Yankee Stadium and he gave a farewell address. He started his speech by saying this. He said, fans, for the past two weeks, you've been reading about the bad break I got. And yet today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Yankee Stadium was full that day, but you could hear a pin drop. Less than two years later, in June of 1941, Lou Gehrig would be dead at the age of 37 from what came to be known as Lou Gehrig's disease. There are a lot of things Lou Gehrig said in his lifetime and during his baseball career, but what we remember most is that one statement in his farewell address makes me think of Joshua. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods our ancestors worshipped on the other side of the river or 
the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the way, in Jesus' farewell address, which really ended with those seven statements on the cross, you know what the final statement was? Three simple words. It is finished. And with those three simple words, Jesus was able to say, Father, the the job you sent me here to accomplish, it's done. It's finished. So let me ask you this question. If today were the last day of your life, what would you be able to say? What would you be able to say to God? Would you be able to say, Lord, what you sent me here to accomplish, I've done it. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, grateful to you, Lord, for your word, for final addresses like those that Moses made or those that Joshua made and certainly those that you made. Those farewell addresses challenge us to examine our lives, to question ourselves and see just what we've accomplished in life. They challenge us to examine ourselves to see if we know you. They challenge us to follow you. And God, I pray that we would not only choose to follow and serve you, but we would back up our choices with our actions. In Jesus' name, amen.